in this match. If it's a war, you can say whatever you want. I thought I was a cult. I didn't know what was going on. The Fed did. I think New York did. One of your executive vice presidents loves that company. It's the first ever finishing move that's exclusive to a promotion. We are back after an unexpected week off due to the current climate, and we'll just leave it at that. Uh, we are back, so hopefully you didn't miss us too much. They didn't maybe, miss me. Maybe, maybe we should hope that you did miss us. I don't know. What's up? Uh, nothing. Just it's been, I feel refreshed. We I haven't seen you in a while. I know. Although we've talked a lot about Lazy King, Shinsuke Nakamura. We have talked a lot. And Dabakato. Dabakato. <sighs> And pour one out for pour one out for uh, underground and mainly and mainly retribution, but I feel like we haven't talked about retribution. We haven't done anything in a while. Well, yeah, because they 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 were on quarantine and then we had to take a week off and it's just been a while. So I'm in. It's been a while. Fuck <laughs> things up. That guy's a country singer now. He is, yeah, Aaron Lewis. You seem like you're a big stained guy. That that song is really good, but I don't. I, I don't, don't think I can name I don't a know single other stain song. I don't know another stain song. At yeah, all. me either. It's like Slipknot. Aaron Lewis has like one single song that I know, but I even can't say the name of that because I don't. I guess I don't know it. Then whatever. Let's not get on a tangent here. But yeah, no, I'm doing good. The Eagles suck. Don't even bring up football this week. Like at this point, your team's fucking what one four and one. One four and one, or one game back of the division. And we're four and two, and I don't feel much better. So. Oh yeah, the, the problem is your four wins are against the <laughs> NFC. I know. That's why I don't even know if we're a good team or not because it's like. I mean, you just couldn't get it. It's not like you played. Bad. I know. Yeah, we couldn't... lost by it was a you, one possession game. They just you, you you can't fucking that that game tells you nothing. It was just a football game. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge game. It wasn't. It's not. You just couldn't get it going. It's all right. You're off for a while. Yeah, now I got the, the the Bears and Monday Night Football who are playing like fucking Greek gods. Big Dick, Dick Nicholas. Nick. Yeah, Big, Big Dick, Dick Nicholas. Nick. Stuck it in you once, he'll stuck it in you again. Oh, yeah. no, he's fucked the Rams more than he's fucked anybody else. He's, he's stuck it in us twice. <laughs> Technically three times yeah. if you count his tenure as a Ram. That's what I was counting. Yeah. No, but he, he beat us twice. He beat us in 2017 when Wentz went down halfway through the game. And then he started in 2018 and beat us again. And then... Well, I can't really blame him for his 10 years of Ram because he didn't have a lot to work with. He did have rookie Todd Gurley, though, who was a fucking tank. Yeah, it was just phenomenal. Yeah. Who was everything everything that Todd Gurley was supposed to be, Derrick Henry became five years into his career. I don't know. Todd Gurley had some really good years. He did. His it first just, three years were awesome. It just went downhill. I mean, when you're 24 and you get the arthritis, you know, it's just... Definitely not a good sign. It's not a great sign. But and that's not that's not what we're here to talk play about. Play the running backs. Um, we are here to talk about the Graps, as the Brits like to say. Um, Fuck the Brits. Whoa, 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 what? Why? I don't know. Just an open wound, I guess. Yeah. Eagles, Eagles never played well in Wembley, so. The Rams, the Rams played in London a lot because. Because you sucked for a lot of years. No, because as part of the bribery to get them to Los Angeles, we'd agree to play there for four straight years. Yeah, you, you, you and the London Jaguars. Like we, they literally bribed their ass to get back to LA. Do you is, think? Do you think getting? Do you think uh, Britain giving AEW Jimmy Havoc was prerequisite to see if the London Jaguars were going to go to London? 
test. It was a test of some sort. Don't forget that Tony Khan also owns Fulham, which is like one of the worst run Premier League teams on the planet. So and he's, he owns the Jaguars. I know Tony Khan's just fucking that country all over. <laughs> Oh, Tony Khan is like the head of operations for Fulham, right? Yeah, like, it's he's, like he's, he's the guy at Fulham. Because Khan, Tob, Shad usually just does the Jaguars. Yeah. But, oh, that's not what we're here to talk about. Apparently he shags dogs. That's like the, that's what the people in England say. Because, like, the people in England despise him because of the way he runs Fulham. That's unfortunate. And I guess, I'm going to try to make a long story short, but it's funny. I guess someone was going to bring a sign to one of the uh, soccer matches. Football matches, excuse me. I don't want to offend anyone. That said, uh, Tony Khan shags dogs. And then t- they put this on Twitter. And Tony Khan, like, replied to it saying, like, that's a lot. Like, he basically did what Tony Khan does and, like, denounces it instead of just ignoring it. So the guy brought a sign to the game and said that said, Tony Khan does not shag dogs. <laughs> and so now it's been, like, a running gag that Tony Khan likes to fuck dogs. That's actually phenomenal. Yeah. So have you ever seen someone on Twitter make a joke about Tony Khan fucking dogs? That's where it came from. That's hysterical. It's the origin story. Absolutely hysterical. But yeah, we got a good one today. We're going to talk about the G1 final. Uh, I had a hearty laugh on the day of the uh, B-Block final. I know why. Yeah, you do know why. I had a a hearty belly laugh because I thought it was happening. Uh, So we're going to talk about the block finals as well as the final night of the G1, what we thought, where we think it's going, some early Wrestle Kingdom predictions. Um, We're going to talk about the WWE Draft. What we think about guys changing brands. Of course, uh, the New Day was split up. We're going to give our take on that and what we think it could mean for everybody involved. Uh, we're going to talk about the War Report. AEW and NXT from the past week. Very sad we didn't get to review the Luther match because we missed last week. but It's probably the best for everybody involved. <laughs> and finally, the, as we record this, there are only three matches announced for Hell in a Cell. But they are three very big ones. And we'll go over them. They're the three matches that, that matter. Yeah. Uh, we'll go over them, talk about what we think is going to happen, and uh, where we think the uh, World Wrestling Federation is going to go from there. So stay tuned. It's going to be a fun one. But first, a word from Anchor. So stay tuned. So we just had a moment off air. That was something. Yeah, that was that was wild. See, this is what happens. If we could turn our text conversations into this podcast, we'd be bigger than the Fed. We, you're not wrong. I, but it's, oh my God, that we just had a moment. And yeah. we'll get into this moment because I'm going to have, a, you got me a little fired up now. I'm glad. I drank 40, 48 ounces of coffee this morning and I'm ready to fucking go. I'm sipping on a peach nectarine Red Bull. Just drink black coffee, buddy. I, see, Although I did have a coffee flavored seltzer. Yeah. Delicious. See, like, I love coffee, but I can drink a cup of coffee and go right to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the thing is, though, when I want to get amped up, I get to this podcast. You see how much coffee Like, if I, if I need legitimate energy, <laughs> and I, I hate energy drinks. Like, they're the worst thing on the planet. I haven't had them in over a year. Good for you. But, like, if I legitimately need energy, like, that's, like, the only thing that helps. I thought I was going to die because I was drinking two a day for work. You probably should have died. And I was drinking two a day, like, one in the morning, one in the afternoon for work. And I have never felt worse in my life. And I just said, I'm never drinking one again. And I didn't. So. It's a bad type of wired. It's a yeah. type of wired you don't want. Yeah, if you, you always feel like you have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> that yeah, is true. Sounds like you have to take a painful number two. Oh, those are the worst. Yeah. But... Speaking of painful number two, is we'll get into AW later, but uh, painful, painful number two is the runner up of the G one now. Um, so no, I'm glad he fucking lost. All right, so let's get into. So it. get me there, and I'll we'll, we'll, we'll go there. First, let's start with the A block finals. Um, we got to talk about this as well. Um, so there were a couple guys in contention. Most notably, one of them, two of them were Kazushika Okada and Will Ospreay, and they faced off on the final night of A block action. And Will Ospreay defeated um, 
Okada, with the help of not only his girlfriend, B. Priestley, who made her New Japan Pro Wrestling debut, but also the newly returned from excursion, the great Okan. And Will Ospreay and uh, the great Okan took out Okada. Osprey hit him with the hidden blade after the match. And Osprey announced he is forming a new faction. And if you want to join, hit him up. So he says that Okada was holding him back. And he's no longer satisfied with being the number two guy in a faction. He wants to be the number one guy. So first off, what do you make of the turn? And who are some possible guys you'd like to see in Osprey's new faction? See, I trouble talking about Osprey. I know. It's because like I don't know how to say this. His portrait of all the shit that happened in those two insane days. That one was like that one like fucking that was weird. That the whole that whole situation was weird. Uh and it just makes me not like him as a person. But if taking that completely out of account, yeah. considering he's going to be a giant star there and we have to we have to and we have to review him and analyze him as a talent. I think as soon as he went to heavyweight he had a turn heel. Really? Soon as soon as he went to heavyweight he had a turn heel. He's kind of in the in the in the same like boat with the young bucks as me. Like to me, Will Ospreay and the Young Bucks just like they look like natural heels, but they're all shitty heels and they all should be baby like I think Osprey could wrestle as a heel more than the Young Bucks could because Osprey has proven he has sort of a power game and he doesn't have to rely on the high flying. Which he, is good. It, for his health, it's and, good. And he's admitted that he wants to get away from the high flying. Yeah, because remember of, he fucking broke his goddamn neck. Of course, he, he changed his uh, nickname from the Aerial Assassin just to the Assassin now. I mean, that was real easy. He's had He has the Hidden Blade as a finish. He has a Stormbreaker as a finish. The Stormbreaker's a great heavyweight Storm, move. Stormbreaker's a phenomenal it, I gotta move. say, it was... Completely outstanding to see in person. Yeah. Um, so the future does seem bright for Will Ospreay. Um, well, who would you like to see in his faction? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, off the top of my head... I'm just trying to think who's available. Well, I mean, it, pretty much everyone in New Japan is in some faction of some kind. Yeah. So they're all going to have to be defectors. Some so other he's, factions. yeah, he's going to have to pick a couple from chaos. Yeah. Which where he was, right? Yes. He, he was, in, was chaos. in chaos. It was hard to complete. It's hard to follow after a while. No, there's, there's like, there's like a hundred guys in chaos. Yeah, there, there really is. Uh, I don't know. Maybe evil will go join him now. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is an interesting one. And I thought it might happen in the tag team match. I'd love to see show. Yes. Them. Yeah. You know what? That's big. Cause let's listen. Show's a future if, goddamn superstar. What if, like, he, what, if, what if it was Show, Osprey, and Shingo? Because... I don't think... But LHA's already, LHA's already so small. They are. I don't think they're They gonna, are, but which would, make it more, which would make it more meaningful if he left. It would, but... And he could run a story that Naito's a bad leader that he lost want, two fucking... We want Bushi people. to be the number two guy in LIJ? Absolutely, I want Bushi to be the number two guy in LIJ. But... That's think a lot of heroics could you, there. Could you imagine... Could you imagine if... See, when I said you want Bushi to be the number two guy, I was expecting a Sonata rant, but I didn't get it. Well, no, no. We, we're going to get there. <laughs> okay. We're going to get Just there. Just making sure. Because I don't pick him. I'm going to start picking him again, and the next thing you know, <laughs> you know it, fucking drought. Tokyo Dome, he will, his hair will be the whitest fucking thing you'll ever see in your life, and it will be down to his... I won't even see. He'll have bags <laughs> like a fucking sheepdog, and you, you won't even see. But uh, Save that for later. I think... What if their faction idea was 
juniors that got treated badly because they were juniors, and now they're all fucking yoked out of their goddamn minds, and that's their idea. You know what? I fucking love it, because Sho and Chingo would fit that mold yeah. perfectly. Sho looks like Adrian fucking Adonis, and not the, <laughs> Not the. Oh, you meant Adrian Alanis. Oh, my God. But that I don't know. that I, I, They have to be defectors. There's no really singles. I think him and Shingo I mean, can do something. I mean, there's the hometown guys, but I don't think they want to reskate Taguchi. Like, unless he starts a, a, a unless he starts a British Empire faction, because that's, that's all they need. That's possible. The Great Okan's excursion was to England. Yeah, so, so that's, him, that's him Okan, Sabre. Sabre, yeah. And, and Big Daddy. I don't know. <laughs> Big Daddy. Um, trying to think who else. David Finley? I didn't... David Finley's not really doing... Juice. Juice? Juice isn't... Juice isn't... But I... Ju- Juice, but like, Juice, is a, Juice is a lifetime baby face. Are they still doing this fucking America thing? Yes, every Friday. They have a show. So, like, that could fucking be... Fucking Rocky Romero is wrestling Jay White this Friday, and I'm actually very excited about it. Yeah, because like I said, New Japan's pretty much back on their touring schedule. Not touring schedule, but their, their version of a touring schedule. Kenzo won the American G1. That's why he has the red briefcase yeah. for a U.S. title shot. They'll but, probably never get because Moxley can't work in America. <laughs> so they have to wait till they let Moxley go to Japan, which... Travel kn- right now is not the easiest thing. Who knows when that'll be. But I just think that he can do a lot and that, you know what, if they, they, if they can be, he can be, they can be the American faction. Not the, uh, the faction for New Japan America. If that makes any That's sense. That's interesting. And you can highlight, I think you can highlight guys like Hiromu against them. You can highlight guys like Naito against them, Okada. Obviously, Okada's obviously be the first feud. I don't know. We've, we've, we've booked Okada to do several things, and he lost to Toroyano for that little stupid trophy. He but, did. He did. <laughs> That's... Not only did he lose, it was a fatal four-way. He got pinned. <laughs> Okada fucked Gato's wife. The trophy is the most bad... Like, it's such a tiny trophy. But I just think that... Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a bizarre thing. But I don't know. Osprey heel turn had to happen. Osprey heel turn had to happen, whether everything happened or not. So I think, do you think they save Okada and yes. Osprey for the Dome? Yes, absolutely. They should. If I was Gato, I would. And, you know, it's a lot easier to do with New Japan because, like, they don't have weekly television yeah. shows where they have to be... You could just have them pop into each other. They, they could do tags. And Okada's not doing anything. And to be honest with you, I don't really need to see Okada at the top anymore. Wow, that's a bold... That's a but fucking hot take. Can I say... Can I explain that? Yes, I think you should. I think Okada... Like, Okada is the greatest champion in that, in that history. In that, in that promotion's history. It's also the greatest wrestler in the world. He is. To this day. But to I'm this ta- day! I'm talking about... Like, Okada with a title belt gets old. Like, all, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? Just defend it? <laughs> if he can, you know kind of what you do with championships. But you know what I'm saying? No, I get, I get your like, point. If he can stay at the top of the card and elevate Osprey, and he can... Do something that's not just defending his title in hour and 20-minute matches with Omega. Yeah. You know what? Good with me because he hasn't – honestly, they might have been saving him for it because he hasn't been doing much. Osprey might call him out right there and then Okada will go over in the Dome in front of however many people will be there. So, yeah, that's going to be – the attendance is going to be interesting. We'll see what happens in January. I just think they're, – They're very non-committal yeah. when, they're, when talking about the, the Dome show. Yeah, because they, they don't everything's know. Everything's unknown. No one knows. Everything's unknown, but I just – I like the Osprey turn, and is that all we talked about on the show so far? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Uh, I, I like the Osprey turn. One, because he's a heel person. Two, thought it had to happen so he went the heavyweight. He just looks like an asshole. Yeah. And well, I'd like to see some other guys. Show, especially in his... Show, like, especially Yo tearing his ACL and, like, being out for, like, six to nine months. And being a little puny person. Well, yes, but... Show needs to show needs to step out. Of, like, Show is my pick to win Best of the Super Juniors. I don't know. Besides Hiromu, I don't know who else it could be. Yeah. 
has to I mean, be. they go Ishimori is the champ and right do, now. Do it when he when he wins Best of Super Juniors. Put him in the faction at the end of that fucking match. Yeah, let let Osprey fucking let him recruit. I'm trying to think who else is in chaos because they could do like an all chaos final. I'm trying to think whether the juniors are in chaos. Anyway, yeah, I just it's 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 hard to follow, and like I said, we've said plenty of times. There's just so much to follow right now that we just literally can't do everything. Um, so Kota Ibushi won the A block after getting past Taichi and what was a very kick-heavy contest. Um, Taichi had a good showing. Um, seems like Taichi push is in full effect. He's won half of the tag champs at ZSJ. Uh, he had a good showing in the G1. Uh, but Kota Ibushi got by him, won the A block. You know what? Taichi had a good tournament. He did. Taichi's had a good year. I like Taichi. Um... And then Sonata, Saturday, got by Evil in what was not a very good matchup to capture the B block. You got me angrier at 6 a.m. than I've ever been in my life. Did you watch the Evil-Sonata match? Yeah, it wasn't good. But it was a match. Because I just wasn't, I wasn't staying up, and I, I plan on getting up to watch it, and I just happened to be, you know how early I get up for work, so I just happened to be up at 6, and I woke up, I was up for like 90 seconds, and you texted me. <laughs> I saw a funny ass tweet. I think it was Voices of Wrestling, and they're like, "Out of all of the G one matches, Sonata and Evil was the most recent." Because <laughs> I, I mean, I know there are people that love Evil, and like I get it from a character standpoint. There are people he, that love Evil. Yes, there are a lot. That, like, are they under a spell of some sort? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's how he gets you. I don't know. That that scythe carrying Ewok motherfucker. It was, there are people that love Evil. I, that I don't understand. But, like, since turning heel and joining Bullet Club, all of his matches have been so much... There's been so much smoke and mirrors that Cody Rhodes is jealous. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. It's... I don't know. I haven't really liked any of his matches I understand. since he turned heel. <laughs> the biggest surprise reaction I've ever had is when I woke up and I found out what happened at that show. I was baffled. And I just said, I, they did what? <laughs> I was baffled. <laughs> Wait, which one? The one where he turned or the one where he won the title? Both! both yeah, I was going to say, they're, they're both equally baffling. I remember the conversation we had. I think him winning the title might be the yeah. most shocking moment of the year. History of wrestling! I don't know if I go that far. I think I think if I I think if I power slammed Andre, if I tried, <laughs> if I time traveled <laughs> and power slammed Andre, it would be less surprising than Eagle Evil winning the big belt. The Eagles no, no, that's not happening. Not just the big belt, both big belts. Double champion Evil. <laughs> And the way he did it with Dick Togo. <laughs> just everything about it. What a weird thing. Gato just did a bunch of coke. <laughs> just just did a bunch of coke. But anyway, so yeah, Sonata won the B block. And that takes us to the final. Oh, um, did that take us to the final? I don't know. Do you want to talk about anything else that happened on the show? They were just all-do Japan tag matches. I mean, that's, that's true. Um, so, a little background if you're new to the show. I have picked Sonata. I do, I do have to say... Doki pinned Yoshihashi, and those are my two least favorite wrestlers in the world. So I don't know who I hate more now, that Yoshihashi got pinned by Doki or that Doki pinned Yoshihashi. <laughs> it's like a weird paradox. Catch-22. I, I think I hate Yoshihashi more because Doki's a junior heavyweight. And, like, junior heavyweights beating heavyweights is very rare, and Doki pinned Yoshihashi like a fucking geek. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Speaking of it, I tell you a dream I had when we go out there. Involving Doki and Yoshihashi? No, involving a geek. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, my, the, I had a dream, and the only thing I remember from the dream is that one of my non-wrestling friends texted me saying Adam Pierce is a geek. I don't know why. I don't know what that <laughs> what? means. I don't know what that means. But, okay, for, for those of you who 
are new to this show and old to this show, you'll understand. I picked Sonata to win the G1 three fucking years in a row. I think you've picked Sonata to win every tournament since we started this podcast. New Japan Cups, G1s. Because it's time. The and goofy little trophy tournament. What did I say had to happen? You had to go leave LIJ? No. <laughs> you've picked Sonata breaking away from LIJ 14 times. What's Okay, what did he? What, what did I say he had to do with the control? Oh, he had to cut his hair. He had to cut his fucking hair. Yeah. Like him and Samoa Joe, and I hated his hair more. He bleached the fuck out of his hair for years. He looked like Ric Flair. <laughs> no, he didn't. But he looked like hilarious Ric Flair. He looked he looked like hentai Ric Flair. And and uh I believe in he cut his hair and what happens? He wins the A block. He had zero points the last time I talked to you. B block. B block. He had zero fucking points last time I talked to you. We should also mention that both of our picks did abysmal. I picked ZSJ, you picked Shingo. Neither came close. No. Neither, neither came close at all. I think I, and then I picked Osprey, and he didn't come close either. But uh, I came, came, came second, the came, came in second in the A block. But I just, oh, and you know what? The right result. Yeah, this is Abushi's third straight final, second straight win. Who he lost to Okada, Tanahashi right? or Tanahashi, and then Tanahashi beat Omega in another shocker. Oh um, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, and well, we know why now. Yeah, but good for Kota. I mean, he's a star there now. He's. He's the, he's the golden star. Yeah, it took him forever to sign an exclusive contract, and he finally does, and he gets two G1s in a row. And he'll, he will win that big belt. I mean, he has to. Last year, I get it, it was Naito's story, and boy, did they fumble the bag with that. Whew. Um, yeah, they've, uh, now that it's kind of, well, he's the champ again, but think about how much they fumbled the bag with fucking Naito. Something had to happen. He doesn't get his big celebration because Kenta fucking jumps him. In the main event, that's like, that's like it, after Kofi Kingston won the WWE title, that Samoa Joe fucking attacked him, like, at WrestleMania while he's celebrating. Yeah. That's like... Or when Becky Lynch won the women's title, Lacey Evans just came out and gave gave her the woman's right. Um, but yeah. That's that, something they technically usually don't do. Yeah. It was, that's just... And the fucking Naito story is a story people have been wanting for years. Like, this is... This was like the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30 story. But if, if Kane attacked Daniel Bryan right after the match... <laughs> That would have been the greatest story ever. No, it wouldn't. I love Kane as much as you do, and no, and no, it wouldn't have. Could you imagine though? Daniel Bryan's yes, yes. It goes up, all the fucking ring posts explode. Would have been awesome. I miss Glenn. Hope he loses his next election so he can come back. Jesus. But um, yeah. Then he beats Kenta. Then we're on quarantine. Then he loses the fucking evil. And then he beats evil. And then he beats evil. Less than a month later, I think. It was like a little over a month, probably. Yeah, I think that show is the end of August, so it's probably a little over a month. But anyway, yeah, so that's that story. But I think this has to be the Kota Ibushi story now. It absolutely has to be. Uh, Ibushi and Sonata had a hell of a match. Longest match in G1 history. 35 minutes and 12 Actually, seconds. I, I, didn't know, I knew it was long, but I didn't know it would have been yeah, that. Yeah, it was the longest. I'm sure Omega should have Tana, Tana and Okada. Tana and Ibushi had the previous record at 33 minutes. And now this set the record. Back to back. Well, no, there's a year in between. Oh, the year in between. With, yeah, uh, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He won last White. year. He won yeah. last year, okay. All these years blend together anymore. So what do you think is going to be the main event for the Dome? Do you think uh, Naito's going to hold it all the way to the Dome? We get Naito Ibushi? He has to. You say that, but he just lost the evil. Unless like, he loses it to, like, Osprey, and it's Osprey Ibushi. I think I, I think it has to be Osprey Okada at the Dome. I, it absolutely. I, I, I that's I what I think it has to be. But, like, can we, can we, they gave the title to fucking evil. I know. So we, a, we, we can't predict anything that's going to happen. So I, I don't know. Like I, I guess it has does have to be Naito Ibushi, 
Um, my other question is, are they ever going to split these double titles up again? Or, like, is it just one title now? I'd say Dominion, they split them. So, like, next, like, Dominion 2021? Yeah. He wins both of them. He wins both of them at uh, the Dome. Osprey wins, beats him at Dominion for, for the IC. That's a slow burn with Osprey. Yeah, I mean, you're, he's happened for five years. Yeah, so that's the G1. Uh, surprised to see Ibushi win, but pleasantly surprised. I, I like Ibushi. Wonder if it was always the plan or COVID kind of fucked it up. Who knows? Who knows what the original but like, who plan else, was? Who, who, who's not there that realistically could have won? You know? Yeah, really. Pretty much. They pretty much got everyone back for the G1. Yeah. Except, we, like, I doubt Moxley was going to be in it again because he's the AEW world champion. Archer. Kinda. Well, he signed with AEW, so that... I think he... I don't know if he's one of the guys that could work New Japan. I don't know. But, yeah, it's the G1. Yeah, it was uh, good as usual. Haven't watched all of it. I'd be lying if I said I did. Uh, but I will I will get to it. Special shout-out to Jeff Cobb, who also had a really good tournament. Oh, yes, he did. Good for him. And thank you for signing for there. <laughs> You're funny. All right, so now let's talk about the uh, World Wrestling Federation. The WWE draft just wrapped up this past week. So we are going to talk about some guys that move brands. We're not going to mention the guys that stayed on the same show. We're just going to talk about guys that, that move brands and what we think it could mean. So let's start. What do you think about Seth Rollins moving from Raw over to the blue brand? Looks like Fox has some say. Yeah, I think Seth... I don't think if, if, if WWE had a choice, Roman and Seth were staying in the same brand. I was excited about it until about 45 minutes later. We'll get there, and then I'll, I'll get my thoughts on it. What do you think about AJ Styles moving over to Raw from SmackDown? I think that's the best move in the entire draft. <laughs> I think it's the getaway from Heyman yet again. Does the Abyss go with him? I hope so. Although I think he's like a SmackDown producer, so... But that can easily be switched. I know, but I don't know if they're going to switch it just to make Raw talk appearances with AJ Styles. Tito Although Santana. I hope they do. Although I hope they do, because that was awesome. But, uh... That's, I mean, I just think, they do this every fucking time. We were so excited about, hey, matches we can see, he's there, he's there, he's there. They just bring the fucking same, they just switch rants. Everybody just switch rants. Yeah. It's... But are we going to talk about the big one now? Nope, we got we got a couple more to go through, and they are two females. Oh, and Braun. And Braun, but we're not there yet. So, uh, Naomi, who is currently out with an injury, is moving over from SmackDown to Raw. What do you make of that? I love her. I think uh, any movement for her is good. But interestingly enough, they usually don't split up couples. But Jey Uso got drafted to SmackDown. Jimmy Uso wasn't drafted, who was Naomi's husband. Yeah. So are they breaking up the fucking Usos? I mean, I think you're going to see how this singles program goes. Fair enough answer. Bianca Belair moving over to SmackDown from Raw. Best great move. Yeah, I, her working with Sasha and Bailey will be a lot of fun. She was never really able to get her feet off the ground on Raw for some unknown reason i mean it's kind of weird they moved her considering they're airing all these vignettes for on raw well i wonder if they're if, if they were moving her and the and the uh profits were a side effect of that or vice versa i think they knew what they were doing the whole time um i don't know that's a good question i mean the profits definitely needed a change of scenery they beat every tag team on raw but there's also two tag teams on raw well, that's a whole separate issue. But and you know what? They made a good move there that I just thought of, so we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah, you kind of segued to it, but Miz and Morrison moving over to Raw from SmackDown. Rodney's tag teams. I wish they'd let Morrison have a singles run. I think we'll get there. 
I mean, he signed a five-year deal, so I'm sure. I'm sure at some point we will. But Miz, Miz, Miz always puts over guys. Miz and Morrison have go away heat with me right now. Yeah. Like the Miz TV segments with Otis for months. And I like so. I like both. I like guys. both guys too. So. I like both guys too. But the the whole like Otis program was so intolerable, intolerable to me. Like I hated it. I could not take it. Um, so at least they're separated. But now we could go back to talking about the Seth Rollins heat because the Mysterio family is moving over to SmackDown. I thought we were finally fucking getting away from this feud. And it's not that I don't like the feud and, like, everyone will criticize, like, WWE for not doing long-term storytelling. And this is, this has been going on since, like, April, so this is pretty long-term. You know what's funny? Do you know what, do you know what started this whole feud? Dominic getting fucking ripped up by Canes? No, Ray congratulating Seth on becoming a father. Do you remember that on Raw? Oh my god. That's what started this whole thing, and then Seth took out his eye. <laughs> That's what started this whole thing. <laughs> yes. That's what this feud is over. <laughs> oh my god. And it won't end. That's the most Rey Mysterio thing never happened. <laughs> he congratulates the guy for being a father and gets his eye taken out. Oh, poor Seth. Poor Ray! You didn't even poor Seth! <laughs> All he did was congratulate the man! And now he's a pirate! <laughs> <laughs> Seth stuck a knife in this man's eye and somehow didn't cut the cornea. <laughs> oh, only didn't cut the cornea because Ray inked a new deal. It's the only reason why I didn't get to that cornea. Now the big one. So this made the least... Braun. That, he was night two. Oh, okay. You're, doing, you're, going, you're yeah, going straight. I'm going okay. straight in order. Okay. This was the most baffling thing I've ever seen. So the first, the fa- first of all, the fact that this is the fourth round, the last round of the night. So first, Raw. Take- I get why though. You no, still got to book a show around it, but you can't. You still got to book a show, and that's absolutely a main event angle. But you could have trades. Like, if Raw really didn't want Big E, why not? That's the problem. It makes no sense. So Raw took Kofi. Just to and- say how he wrote the Rangers draft. Raw took Kofi and Woods, but not E. And, like, the thing is, you could take an entire group if you want to, but you don't have to. So, like, even if Raw didn't want Big E, why would they not just take him and trade him? If this were real. And I get it's not real, yeah. and it's a TV show, and it's really not that big of a deal. But my biggest problem with WWE is when they insult my intelligence. And my intelligence was very much insulted here. Because, like, even if you don't want Big E, trade him for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I get why they did it for TV and, like, to build up the drama and Woods had the great line. You didn't say E's name. You didn't say E's name. You didn't say E's name. Which was, like, a great line. And, like, you immediately knew what was happening next. And just those three guys. And, so like, good. the reaction. And that actually, I actually felt this. No, no. It, like, it, I was it, like, oh, no. My jaw dropped. Like, it hit hard. Like. Just. Maybe next week we'll do a New Day show. We could do that. I mean, I, I don't. They do drafts every year. I don't think this is going to be that long-term of a thing. I think Big E's going to venture on his own for a year, then they'll be back together. It also depends where Big E goes. I think if he's, there's fans. I think if, he's winning the Rumble. I think he has to. Right? Yeah. So supposedly, uh, according to Dave Meltzer, the reason this decision was made is because they want to push Big E as a single star and they want to get away from the comedy. But I don't agree with that because the comedy is what makes Big E Big E. Yeah, was he going back to the fucking five count thing? Like, like with, I didn't... without the comedy, he's just another Haas wrestler, and there's nothing wrong with that. We fucking love Haas wrestlers, 
But like you just brought up some bad some bad JoJo. I know. Which we will we will we will tackle next week. <laughs> but like Big E being Big E is what makes Big E Big E. Like but, I know that's a weird sentence. No, to... I know what you're saying. I'm gonna counterpoint it with one thing. Okay. He's gone to the point because they have done some comedy stuff. But I yes, think they, yes, they have. I think he could be that person in serious angles. I think that's what they no. So he could be, and that's why I don't get why they're not. But I think if, he will be. I think you're. Ta- I think you're taking it wrong. I think. I think you're taking it as that they're just doing the comedy faction stuff. But I think Biggie can be who he is in a serious angle. I think that's where they're going for. I absolutely agree. Like, look at look at the work he's done with Sheamus. Yeah. Like, he's still Biggie. He's still doing oh Thunderdome. Yeah. Like, he's still being Big E, he just has a little bit of an edge to him. But, like, do you remember when Kofi was champion and was like, oh, Kofi's got to change, Kofi's got to change, yeah. Kofi can't be Kofi. And then it, it was, was so annoying. Months. It was so annoying. Yeah. Like, You're right. Just... But that's wrestling fans. Um, so, then they had some supplemental picks on Talking Smack. Most notably with, you'll never guess who moved to SmackDown from Raw. It's Murphy! The whole angle's got to go. <laughs> I... Not one of them, Kurt. Tucker also went to Raw from SmackDown, splitting up heavy machinery as Otis is drafted by SmackDown. Good God, did I botch that? Don't fucking get it. Drew Gulak also moved to Raw from SmackDown. Cool. So now, night two, Raw. The first overall pick was The Fiend from from uh, SmackDown over to Raw. What do you make about The Fiend moving brands? Is Braun going to be on, or is Bray going to be on SmackDown? I don't think so. I think they're kind of a package deal. You know what? Give him a new scenery. That's fine. Yeah, he's kind of done everything he could do on SmackDown. Yeah. What else could he... Because that character has a shelf life. Who else could he really feud with? The Street Profits move from Raw to SmackDown. We already kind of covered that one. Um, they, they've done everything they could do on Raw. And they had a funny backstage segment where Adam Pierce was very confused on what to do with the tag titles. And he goes, well, how about you guys just swap belts? And the Street Profits and New Day kind of looked at each other and were like, okay. I mean, it makes the most sense. It does, but how about you just don't swap champions and you don't have that issue, but whatever. Different different story. Now, now you can talk about Braun going from SmackDown to Raw. Which confuses me. Why? Because I thought he was going there to be fucking the anti-Kato in Raw Underground. No, he's going there to feud with Keith Lee. Yeah, he is. But I thought, he'd be, I thought, he'd be, I thought if they wanted to make Raw Underground work, which apparently they don't, uh, he would have been the guy. I don't know. Like Braun, Braun's another guy who's just, he does nothing for me anymore. His weird bald look with his mechanic gloves. I don't. He had the peak. He had the peak when he was working that first year with Roman, when he was fucking great. And I thought he was gonna be a seventy-five time champion, but they just beat him too much. Yeah, they just beat him too much. They beat him and then they beat him again and then they beat him again and they just beat him again on. They just they just beat him again on SmackDown in a title match for no reason. Yeah, didn't that need that didn't need to happen. And then Roman beat the fuck out of him with a chair afterwards. Yeah, which I get. They're trying to, and they're trying to build up this Roman Jey Uso match, which we'll talk about later, but. Okay, up next, Matt Riddle moving to Raw from SmackDown. Good. Probably get the fuck away from Sheamus and Corbin. Uh, Sheamus got drafted to Raw. We'll get that. We'll get there later. Oh, no. Kevin Owens going from Raw to SmackDown, back on the same brand as Intercontinental Champion Sami Zayn. That's where they have to go with it. So that's... that's okay, I love KO. Uh, that's where they have to go with it, though. He has to... say That it has to be a match at WrestleMania. You want, you want the Intercontinental title to come back? Heal Sami, face KO, 30 minutes at Mania. Jeff Hardy moving over to Raw from SmackDown. Good. Just signed a new deal, so he's sticking around. Let's see. Alexa Bliss moving over from SmackDown to Raw. Makes Have sense. To. She's with The Fiend, so it makes sense. Kind of. She's kind of with The Fiend. 
Uh, Elias made his grand return and wants revenge on Jeff Hardy for they brought they made a callback, which I was shocked about, running him over with a car in a DUI. Even though Elias had a great line when uh, I think I forget who the interviewer was of this Caleb Braxton and Mackenzie Mitchell. One of the interviewers was like, "You realize they cleared Jeff Hardy of any wrongdoing?" And uh, Elias had a great line. He goes, "I know. They said it was the guy with the red hair. We all know that's Jeff Hardy." It was a great line. I mean, you know what? I've missed my Elias. Hopefully, hopefully he learned to do hold, and I can enjoy him. Elias is all of his babyface runs end abruptly. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, but I don't understand him. He's the wrestler I don't understand the most ever. He is the most anti-hardcore wrestling fan wrestler in a very long time, and hardcore wrestling fans fucking adore him because he can talk. Yeah. It's... Lacey Evans moving over to Raw from SmackDown. Good. Good use. Sheamus moving over to Raw from SmackDown. Bella. Nikki Cross moving over to Raw from SmackDown. That, that too is not over yet, so I get that. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode moving to SmackDown from Raw. You know what's funny? AJ Styles got traded for Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, and now they all just got traded back. <laughs> it's like, great, guy, great, great job, guys. Here's one that's uh, interesting. Apollo Crews moving from Raw to SmackDown. Good. He hasn't wrestled anybody besides the Hurt Business since June. June. Yep, I know that. So, he can't wrestle them anymore, so thank God. But, I don't know, do you think Apollo's push is dead? No. I hope not. He's with, he's with Heyman now. I hope he's in the... Well, Heyman doesn't have any creative control, I, besides Roman. I'm sure Heyman will fucking talk about it. I hope so. And Heyman does... I guarantee Heyman controls everything Roman does. No, yeah, I said... Yeah, he does, but he doesn't have anything besides Roman. Um, From NXT to Raw, we have Dabakato. Fuck yeah. Kind of confusing considering Rod Underground's dead, but... Him and Shane. Pour one out for the homie. Um, Alistair Black, the second to last pick in the draft, moving from Raw to SmackDown. Carmella and Peyton Royce are picked before Alistair Black. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And Titus O'Neil. I, I don't expect them to make sense, so... And then the picks on Raw Talk had Natalia moving to SmackDown from Raw. Whoopee. The Riot Squad moving to SmackDown from Raw. And Arturo Ruas moving from NXT to Raw. How hysterical. But, eh, all in all, a decent draft. And the following free agents. The following are free agents after Retaliation. I guess she got dropped from the Retribution angle. And is going back to NXT to be Mercedes Martinez again. So Good. Seems like she dodged a bullet. I love Retribution, but... She could be used other ways. Shorty G staying on SmackDown. He went undrafted. Grand Metzleek and Lindsay Dorado going to Raw. Billy Kay going to SmackDown. Eric signed as an undrafted free agent to Raw. Tamina, also undrafted, shockingly, going to SmackDown. Zelina Vega, undrafted, going to SmackDown. Andrade, undrafted, going to Raw. Becky Lynch, Big Show. Bo Dallas, The Forgotten Sons, Ivar, Jimmy Uso, Jinder Mahal, Kane, Maurice, Mickey James, and Mojo Raleigh are all still listed as free agents. <laughs> They'll just pop up doing random things. I guarantee yeah. Mojo ends up in Retribution. <laughs> I, he's destined for Retribution. I don't, I don't think so. Actually, Andrade is not going to Raw. He's still a free agent. But he has to go to Raw. I think he's going to NXT. Because supposedly Vince has given up on him. But he's married to Charlotte. NXT doesn't travel, though. Uh, that's true. Would you want him? Would you want him in the line with the uh, Pablo or fucking no. uh, be the Pablo. Anti, be the anti Pablo? 
why does every Mexican have to be involved in that group? Like, just let him go fight for the NXT title. Fine by me. So that's the draft. Any thoughts? It's a draft. We'll see. That's definitely played anything out yet. Like, if they come out tonight and The Fiend is doing something awesome, I'd say better. So, a little spoiler alert. I got the draft results from Wikipedia. And you know on the bottom of Wikipedia there's a note section? Yeah. I love this note. Listen to this. Although WWE claims the draft picks are conducted by officials of the Fox and USA Networks, the results are predetermined by WWE as the draft is a storyline. No shit. Thank you, Wikipedia. First of all, who's reading the Wikipedia notes? <laughs> I just... Second of all, what wrestling fan is Googling the draft other than people doing what we're doing? And second of, and third of all, if, we're, if you're doing what we're doing and you don't know that's okay, stop doing what we're doing. <laughs> uh. But... Up next, we have the world-famous War Report. Hang on, hang on. There are two more great notes here. The 24-7 championship is defended on all five WWE brands. There's five... <laughs> Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live. I guess there is five, but... No, not you, NXT UK. What? Where's the main event? That's not a brand. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess you're right. It's not a brand, it's a show. Yeah. Never mind, never mind. Idiot, big fat idiot over here. Um... But I've never seen the 24-7 title defended on three of those five friends, so. I, want I the... hope R-Truth just runs through a Walter match. No, I <laughs> I, I hope Matt Martell wins the 24-7 title on 205 Live. Oh, my God. We're stands then. We need Gulak to win that title and take it to 205 Live. Yes, we do. Or or Ninja Tozawa. Ninja Tozawa as Wait, well. Did you see when Tozawa got drafted and I think it was Samoa Joe, he said, now Raw gets the whole clan of ninjas? I lost it. And then AJ got drafted the rod. They just got the whole clan. But, uh... And then... <laughs> that one... That one almost... That one almost snuck by me. <laughs> oh, that's bad. And the last note, I think you'll enjoy this one, too. Despite going undrafted in the October 2019 draft and being declared a free agent, Kane is still listed by WWE.com as a SmackDown wrestler. Fuck yes. Let's go. So that'll do it for the draft and the news. Up next, the war report. And now the war report. As always, we will start with AEW. For medical reasons only. It was the anniversary show. All four titles were on the line. This was some kind of special show? Yeah, it was the anniversary show. We'll get there later. The opener, FTR, take on the best friends for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. The show kicks off with everybody already in the ring, and we get right to the introductions and get going. What's your opinion on that? I liked it at first, but yeah. now, now they do it like every week, and it it it's it's what they it's what their biggest flaw is. When when that happens, it feels special, but you just can't do it every week, and they do that with everything. I tend to agree. They do that with everything. There's nothing special in that promotion. So, Wheeler and Chuck Taylor start. Big shoulder tackle from Wheeler. Dax gets the tag. They work over Chuck's wrist and arm. Um, Jim Ross talks about uh, FTR loving to dictate the pace, but the challengers fight back. Um, I have to say, Chuck Taylor had a decent match this match. I will not give him any compliments. Trent did, too. I will agree with that. So... There were times where, like, everybody was in the ring and the ref didn't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, the, the rules people didn't care. Backslap tag. They were in the ring all the time. Um, I just didn't tag them from in the ring. <laughs> that's true. There's only one team guilty of that. 
Um, FTR did a lot of double teams. Isolate Trent on the outside. Um, Dax cuts off a hot tag. A huge backdrop off the top turnbuckle to Trent. Um, Cash goes for a middle rope splash, but Trent gets the knees up. Uh, Trent finally gets a hot tag. Uh, Chuck Taylor clears house. Falcon Arrow on Dax for a near fall. Tully tries to interfere, but it backfires. Chuck hits a very sloppy looking sunset flip that he almost didn't get over on. Um, yeah, that was almost bad. Yeah. Uh, soul food half and half combo running knee strike. Trent very close near fall on cash, uh, assisted power bomb on Trent. Uh, Trent kicks out. Dax goes for a back suplex, but Trent counters, uh, he spikes cash the DDT. Dax comes in and hits a DDT on Trent. JR says it's a damn DDT fest. Uh, best friends hit their finisher, the strong zero. Cash breaks up the pin. Cash hits a brain buster on the floor to Trent. And this is where shit gets goofy. Trent tries to spear Cash in the outside, but Cash moves and Trent goes head first into Kip Sabian's video game cabinet that for some reason has no electronic components. And is also our ringside of a wrestling show. Well, that's it. That too. Uh, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford are very pissed off at this. This distracts the referee. Cash hits a belt shot on Trent, and FTR gets the win. Um, Miro then comes out and attacks the best friends, and he says, you break my shit, I break you. The fuck? This is so fucking bad. So, it's so fucking bad. What did you make of this entire The segment? match was fine. There's not going to be a really bad FTR match. There's not. I we, tend to agree with that. We know that. Yeah. If they can, uh, but the match was just a match. And this Miro thing might be the biggest dog shit piece of business is Katie Vick. Oh, that's a... It's it's so bad. Is there, is there really somebody like, oh my God, I hope they get, video, I hope they get revenge for the fucking video game. Like, what the fuck? It's terrible. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be objective. And it's just bad. His debut was awful. His debut match was fucking worse. This is what he wanted. To, this is what he wanted to do. Did he wanted to get away from what he was doing to do this? Come on! So it's fucking awful. I will. I will say, as bad and as stupid as this is, this is the same team that was feuding over a minivan. So feuding over an arcade game is kind of on brand. For At them. least there was a blow off. What's the blow off here? He beats him in a fucking Pac Man. Like, what the... Like, I don't understand. It's just... It's really bad. There's probably going to be an arcade brawl of some sorts. I will... I refuse to watch it. You're going to take that one, because I will not watch that. That's kind of where I sense this is going to end up going. It has to be. They're going to have a stadium stampede match on, like, fucking Pizza Planet. Because, of course, Yeah, they it's going to be, like, the Chuck E. Cheese Street Fight or and something. And call it wrestling. I don't know. I... It's not good. I agree. It's, it's not even... It's not even that it's not good. It's bad. It's very, very bad. And even AEW fans aren't the highest on this angle. It's terrible. Yeah. It's just, just goddamn. Some things are good, some things are bad. Um, the one funny thing is, was Miro called them the good friends instead of the best friends. I did laugh at that. That was funny. So up next, speaking of Miro, Kip Sabian and the best man Miro take on Sean Maluta and Lee Johnson. Squash match. Miro's pissed off about them breaking his shit. They beat him quickly. So fucking schizophrenic. Another thing I'm not the fondest of, MJF's big announcement. MJF comes out to the ring with Wardlow. Um, he introduces the demo god, Chris Jericho, and invites him to the ring. He finally gives Sammy his inner circle jacket, except his three sizes too large. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Did laugh. <laughs> did laugh. He looked like a child. I did laugh vociferously at that. And Jericho's basically being his dad. He's like, no, you wear it. It's a gift. <laughs> Jericho's playing the role of Sammy's dad, and it was, it was, it was funny. 
and then I just said, Jeff says, wow, fits like a glove. <laughs> All right, maybe I didn't hate this as much as I thought I did. No, I hate the grand scheme of it, but yeah. once again, like I said in the last thing, you're not really going to have a bad segment between these two. Yeah. You know, they're both just good enough to have the, the carry a bad segment. I hate where this is going. So, and I don't know where it's going, <laughs> and I hate that I don't know where it's going. So it gets even better because MJF starts complimenting Jericho's physique. And then he asks if he could touch his hair. Jericho, you look like Yoko Suna. And Jericho says, all right, Max, cut the shit. You promised an announcement. What is it? And MJF basically says they've never gotten physical because they respect each other. There are two predators sp- uh, swimming around prey. And he proposes working together. And he says, Christopher, I might maybe possibly hypothetically want to join the inner circle. And then Ortiz goes, we don't want you in the inner circle. But Jericho kind of shushes him away. And he offers to meet him for a steak dinner next week, and MJF says, you're on. It's bad. Oh, let me rephrase. It's not bad. It's fucking dumb. Why are these two people near each other at this moment? Yeah. The the, the steak segment next week is probably going to be hysterical, but in the It's not going to do anything. What are they going to do? Enjoy steaks? Tell them how good they look and fucking be exactly where we are now? More comedy. Is Sami Zayn going to be the... Or Sami Zayn. Is Sami Guerrero going to be the fucking waiter? I hope so. That'd be great. Wearing the Iron Circle jacket? That'd be great. Because it's it's just, come on. Like, this is your anniversary show. This is, this is your biggest dynamite since the fucking first one. You know, it's, what the fuck? John Moxley and Lance Archer are brawling backstage. Not the last we'll hear of this. Uh, footage from earlier in the day of Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker to spa. Oh, right, back to back. Here we go. Um, she calls Ariba in with the, the little... Easel gimmick with the flip pages. I'm sure there's a technical term for it. I think it's just an easel. I don't know, but but you know, and, and I will say this before I eviscerate this. Big fan of these segments usually. Yeah, the I'm the same way. Usually these segments are very good, but this one missed for me. This one was also 15 fucking minutes. It's true. I'm gonna summarize it in one line. Uh, Britt Baker said, "Rule number five to quote the legendary Jim Ross: be the baddest bitch on the block." Was that a rib or did he really say that? I don't know. Um, then Tony Schiavone is revealed to be naked and comedy. Yeah, and they redid the 40-year-old version. Yeah, they did. Nothing, not, nothing says good wrestling like calling back a movie from 2004. Anything it else is. you want to say about this? It was bad. I'm not giving up on them because I, I enjoy their segments usually. Big fan of Britt. I think she's where she needs to be. And uh, But I just don't do this again. TNT title match, Cody Rhodes with Brandy and Arn Anderson. Taking the best on thing on the show. Freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Um, Cody's hair is back to blonde, and he is back to rising, and he, only, he is all good again. He only gets, he only, his hair's only brown when he wants revenge. Yeah, that's why I texted you. Would like, you think it would make your hair go blonde? I don't know, but... Well, well his hair's blonde all the time, so... It's definitely like, some stupid Star Trek callback. Like, I was serious when I texted you that, because, like, his hair was brown, then he won the title back, and now it's blonde again. Like, yeah. is there a legit reason? Like, are, am I missing something? We'll probably get explained, because it's probably, it's probably some stupid Star Trek callback. So, Cody, uh, tries to get Cassie to lock up. He does not oblige. Um, eventually, they finally lock up after Orange gla- after Orange's sunglasses get knocked off his head, and Orange kicks them out the ring because he's angry. Cody took down Orange with a waist lock. Uh, he managed to escape, um, and he turned his back on Cody. This pissed Cody off. Uh, Cody tried to use technical wrestling, and eventually Orange got the better of Cody's temper and hit him with a suicide dive. John Silver of the Dark Order came out and grabbed the TNT title. But the AW officials ejected Dark Order from ringside after this. You know, because nothing says big spooky cult like listening to referees. 
Cody went for Crossroads, but Orange Cassidy countered with a roll-up and a Stun Dog Millionaire. Uh, he went for the Orange Punch, but Cody countered the Basement Dropkick. Uh, Cody slammed Orange's leg in the ring post and hit the Disaster Kick. He goes for a Half Crab, but Orange Cassidy eventually able to fight off. Um, Cody drops Orange with a reverse suplex off the top rope. Near fall. Cassidy hits a diving DDT and a Michinoku driver. Really close near fall. Cody gets the figure four locked on. Um, then eventually Orange Cassidy is able to escape out of that. He goes for another orange, cr orange punch, but Cody hits the crossroads. But then Orange Cassidy counters that into a beach break. Orange rolls up Cody. Uh, with Mousetrap, but as he is getting the three count, time expires, and they say it is a time limit draw. Not bad. Probably the best thing on the show. I'm just confused what they're doing with Orange Cassidy, because first, he has the title shot against Brody Lee. He loses clean. Then he has the title shot against Cody, who just beat Brody Lee, and he gets a time limit draw. So, I don't know what they're doing. Is he going to get another match? Makes as much sense as anything else. They also showed Darby Allen watching up in the rafters. Now, that's something I'd actually be interested in. Cody and Darby Allen. Yes. Sting Darby Allen. And maybe we'll get that final... Like, this, maybe we'll get that hot new kid, Steve Borden, to come in. So, Alex Marvez tries to interview Lance Archer, but then Moxley attacks him, and they are brawling once again. Matt Hardy being interviewed at ringside by Tony Schiavone. He tells us he's medically cleared to wrestle. Video package plays. And holy shit, they're going back to Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy after Matt Hardy almost died. Yep. Yep, they are. And I guarantee it was Matt's idea because he's a psychopath. So now we have something I know you're going to love. The tag team lottery. Four teams are hoping for the chance to compete to be number one contenders against... Uh, FTR at full gear, and he, they picked four random teams to have this opportunity. Real random. First team picked was Private Party. The second team picked was Silver and Reynolds of the Dark Order. The third team was The Butcher and The Blade. And the final team was Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, The Young Bucks. So the Young Bucks come in the ring. They say they weren't here to superkick Tony Schiavone tonight. And then they superkicked everyone else in the ring besides Tony Schiavone. This was the worst segment in the history of the show. Uh, and then Jim Ross screams as we're going to break. The tag team scene is warming up hotter and hotter every week. Yeah, Jimmy, I'm fucking boiling inside. Uh, this was the worst segment they've ever had. Really? Yes. That can't be true. It is. Well, no, because... The one fucking thing that is important here, nobody's talking about because our fans love everything they do. They have this... Remember how much we got a fucking sports-based ranking system pounded in our head for a fucking year? And now they have the Royal Rumble lottery to fucking pick teams that possibly that might be able to... might become number one contender one day? What the fuck? See, like, we all know what's going to happen. There's no, there's no, there is no surprise coming here. Yeah, silver medals are winning the tag titles. Yeah, you know what? Probably going these fucking people. Um, but I just, there's, there's one thing that's going to happen. Why don't they just make the fucking match and get to the revolution? Because they can't do that because they have to do gear. shit like this. Full gear. Full gear. Same thing. <laughs> I wanted to get mad at this, but before I did, I want to make sure... That because you know FTR has a special contracts. I don't know if this is something that was like in those special contracts, so I have to go back and watch the show before I eviscerate this. But if they did just like draw four random teams for no reason, then this was awful. 
But if it was one of those, like, how FTR is, like, the only 20-minute time limit matches instead of 60. If it was one of, like, the FTR contract thingies, it's still dumb, but at least it makes sense. Fair. But if it was just, if they just did this for no reason, then, yeah, it's the stupidest thing they've ever yeah. done. Yeah. Because we kept ranking, because they don't put up the rankings when they come out anymore? I think they do. If only, if only... Uh, only if you're in the top five, If Because they only have top fives. If an, only an overweight man told you a ranking system was never going to work last year. I didn't hear Paul White say anything. Paul Wade is no longer overweight. That's true. That's fair. He's seven feet tall and 385. Up next, the AEW Women's World Titles online. Hikaru Shida versus Big Swole. I'll let you take this one because... I'm going to be nice. Okay. I'm going to be nice. Big, full, big Swole, I enjoy... You're going to be nice and you almost slip up immediately. Big Big Swole, I'm not Big Foles. Big Swole, uh, I have no beef with at all. She's not a good wrestler, period, period, yet. This division is still bad. Yeah, this division's rough. And, and I hate to say that. I just because I, I have no problem with big. I have no problem with Swole. I don't. Somehow but she's she's not good enough yet to be wrestling. This match was terrible. She is she is the only she is the only real wrestler they have in that division. As a division booked by Kenny Omega, that was is the wrestler of wrestlers of wrestlers of wrestlers. <laughs> you said you're gonna be nice to Big Swole. Was gonna be nice. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, but she's just not ready. I agree. She's not ready. She's not good yet, and she will be good because I enjoy her. But fuck, keep the title off television. Don't don't sign. You can't. You can't do that though because they hyped up. See this one. If but you can't. No, no, no. The, the bigger the the bigger fault would be here. Would be hyping up the division, yes, putting absolutely no effort into it, giving a minute on TV, and sending out this match as a so-called championship match on the second biggest TV show of your fucking TV show's career. That's the bigger abomination than just taking it off. They fucked up building the vision. Why don't they just wait until they until they have a division to build? Because they promised everybody. I, I don't care I know, if they promised. I know, but they, 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 that's what I'm saying. They backed themselves into a corner and they shouldn't have. It's just, they, they promised everybody women's wrestling. And there has been one good women's wrestling match in this entire promotion's history. Like, when you just, when they were, when they were even when AEW first was announced, if you just looked at the landscape, I... I don't want to like overstate this, so I'm trying to think of a fair percentage. Probably 65 to 70% of the really good women's wrestlers were signed to WWE at the time of at the time of AEW like being announced. And I'm just saying Americans cuz obviously there's a lot of very talented Joshis in stardom, and I don't want to take anything away from them. So, 65 to 70% of like the really talented American women that were TV ready were signed to WWE at the time. So like Instead of making all these brash promises, they should have maybe held off a little bit. It's not like the wrestling fans wouldn't understand. Yeah. But I also understand, like, you know, it's, it's 2019, 2020. You kind no, of have to have a division. You're doing more of a disservice to the women's division by just having it and sticking them out there to fail, like, like fucking chum and shark water, than, than you are just holding back until you have something out there that you, you can build. But hypothetically speaking... They don't announce a women's division. Britt Baker's probably stuck in WWE. You know, like, all the women they do have yeah. that are... And they failed. They failed. It's easy. It's okay to say they failed. That to this point, they have failed. I agree. That I, don't, division, I don't disagree That division all. is the biggest failure in all of wrestling today. Like, Chris Statlander would probably be in WWE. Like, they, yeah. if they didn't start... But immediate... they would also be getting trained in NXT. They're, they're not training these people. I have no knowledge to what their training system is like, so I really can't speak. I know QT is a school. Yeah. I don't I don't know 
He has a nightmare factory, but would you, wouldn't you want these people with Sarah Del Rey and, and NXT? Oh, absolutely. If I have a choice, yes. Like, even if they, I mean, but to say they're not being trained, I don't know if that's necessarily fair. Oh, that's okay. Fair enough. That's fair. Because okay. like, look at Anna Jay. She's like AEW homegrown, and she's pretty decent. Yeah, yes, she is. So All right, let's get off that before we go down well, goals we can't. Come moving back. from one thing you hate to another, we have a Sean Spears video package. Can we just not talk about it? <laughs> okay, we'll move on. It wasn't bad. I just don't like him. <laughs> Up next, main event time. Eddie Kingston joins the broadcast booth, and Tony Khan announces this will now be a no DQ match. Because of course it would be. John Moxley taking on the Murderhawk Monster, Lance Archer with Jake Roberts. So I do gotta say, I hate Lance Archer's entrance. It worked in New Japan because you naturally have like young boys around the ring to yeah, beat up. Now he's going to find people. Now he's throwing people through like glass that's set up for his entrance. It makes no sense. Yeah, it comes off as contrived. They are AEWing it up. I'm making it sound like I hate this show more than I did. I didn't like it. I think the show was awful. I'm, I'm, I'm unleashing. This show, this show is terrible. This day, I, could you say they had to do better than this for their fucking eight anniversary show? No, just because their fans will eat shit on yeah. a sandwich and say it's sweet. True. Um, Moxley hit a paradigm shift immediately on Archer for a near fall. Like, first move of the match. Hot start. I gotta say. No, it was a hot start. It's, 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 that, that's a Moxley special. Moxley hits a suicide dive. They brawl outside. Archer rams him in the guardrail. Um, they go back and forth, brawl around ringside. Uh, cannonball sent on by Moxley. Moxley's too skinny to be doing that move. He is. Uh, that's an inside joke. None of you probably get. Archer sets up some tables. Um, they don't go to them for a while. They go back in the ring. Big boot to the head by Archer. He goes for a choke slam through the tables with Mox counters. Uh, he used a, revert, a release German suplex in Archer. Uh, Moxley threw a chair at Archer's head. He set up two chairs, uh, goes for a Death Valley driver, but Mox counters it into a choke slam. Because that's a rule of thumb. If you set up a chair tower, you are always going through it. To Kevin Owens, the Kevin Steen rule. Yep. Uh, Moxley gets a knee bar out of nowhere. Archer gets the bottom rope, rope and pulls himself out. Archer goes, Moxley goes for a suicide dive, but Archer waffles him with a garbage can. Moxley does the uh, spot they did at Wrestle Kingdom, the paradigm shift off the apron through the tables on the floor. Looks good, but means nothing. Uh, Moxley hits another paradigm shift, but Archer kicks out. Archer fights back with the DDT and hits the blackout, but the champ, he goes to the blackout, but the champ counters, rolls up Archer for the victory. Decent match. I thought that was pretty good. It was fine. After Gotta the say, big thumbs up for Eddie Kingston on commentary. Yeah. After the match, Eddie Kingston sent the Lucha Brothers down to the ring with the steel chairs. I didn't get this. They hit Archer. Archer no-sells it, but just leaves. I guess maybe Jake said, hey, it's not worth it. Yeah. But then uh, the, the family beat up Moxley. Eddie Kingston puts him in the same choke that Moxley got him to pass out with. And Kingston says he's coming for the title. It'll be his. He never tapped. Love Kingston. Love Kingston. He's the best. He's, he's different in the best way possible. Yeah. I think between the match and the post-match, that was probably the best thing in the show. Fair enough. You know, now that I, now that I revisit it, yeah. Match was good, I think. I, uh, but, yeah, never mind. Okay, continue. Let's move on to NXT. Uh, we are on the road to Halloween Havoc. The opener, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burke taking on uh, Roderick Strong and Rob Fish in a number one contender match. O'Reilly warned whoever injured Adam Cole that payback is coming. He says, a second Golden Prophecy is on the horizon, and it begins with Strong and Fish becoming NXT Tag Team Champions. And paying, and paying Ridge Holland to tear his ACL and Patella. Oh, yeah, we didn't even get to talk about that. Poor guy. Poor bastard. He did get a nice Mercedes, though. He did. 
Uh, Lurkin and Birch get physical early, uh, but the Undisputed Era use their crafty heel tactics to get the advantage. They show Fandango and Breeze watching from somewhere. I don't know where the fuck they were. I think they were watching from that Perch Marius introduced the show from. I think they were, but I don't know. Um, uh, Birch hits a diving headbutt, uh, but Strong fights back and hits a DDT using Fish as a uh, assistant. They isolate Lorcan and Strong hits a jumping knee to win the match. It was decent. It was fine. Yeah. Um, a fine opener. So it really seems like that the Undisputed Era is going to split into two with Fish and Strong playing the heel role and O'Reilly and Cole being baby faces. I'm, I like that. I'd rather Cole be a heel, but I like, I like to see what Roddy can do as a main guy. Uh, O'Reilly's a, a drop-dead awesome baby face. So. I think Cole's a really good baby face too. <laughs> see, I had this thought, this conversation thought in my head the other day. I, I, he's really good at both heel or baby face. Just think he's a tad little, little more enjoyable to me as a heel. No, but. I agree 100%, but like after they did the McAfee stuff, like he, he has, to, he he has to go babyface. Yes, he can do it. So Ember Moon explains in an interview that uh, she could have went in the draft pool for Raw or SmackDown, but there was only one brand she wanted to go back to, and that was NXT. Good for her. Up next, we have Ashante Adonis taking on Jake Atlas. Uh, decent match. Typical cruiserweight match with high-flying. Atlas wins the roll-up. After the match, Legado del Fantasma attacks Adonis, but Atlas makes a save. Santos Escobar joins, and they're getting ready to beat the two men down when Swerve appears with chairs for everybody, and it appears we are heading to a six-man tag. Holla, holla, holla. Fine. So, up Escobar, next... I, I thoroughly enjoy the Escobar group. And Swerve's getting some shine, so... I'm next, we probably the best match in either show. Johnny Gargano taking on Austin Theory. Um, Gargano and Larray explain in an interview that they're confident they will be double champions soon. Um, Theory took advantage of Gargano's arrogance. Uh, he got control very early. Uh, all day caught him with the ATL, which is his finisher, but, um, Gargano kicked out. Theory hit a super kick, but once again, Gargano kicked out. Goes to the ATL again. But Gargano is able to escape. It's a super kick, a lawn dart, and finally the one final beat DDT gets the win. Match is great. Match was awesome. You're the best match on Reed's show. Probably the best match Theory has had since yeah. coming the next I team. mean, look who he's working with. Yeah, you know I, I know. Uh, yeah, it was good. Theory, stay out of trouble, please. Because you're, you're going to be, you make a lot of money in this business. Raquel, he's 22 years old. I know, it's sad for us. I mean, yeah. It's great for him, but it's sad for I us. I mean, you look alike, so I don't know. Yeah, you look just like Austin Theory. Same abs and everything. Yep. Raquel Gonzalez challenges Rio Ripley to a one-on-one match at Halloween Havoc. That'll be good. They brawl, but officials break them up and keep them apart. Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae, number one contenders match. Uh, Candice sends her in the steel post and face first in the apron. Shotzi fights back, hits her with a superplex. Um, LeRae fights back, hits a springboard moonsault. Blackheart makes her comeback once again. LeRae escapes a diving senton. Andy Hartwell gave uh, LeRae brass knuckles, and she hits Blackheart with them for the win. It appears that uh, they're going somewhere with this Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae deal. Of course, last week on the show, we did not review because we weren't here. Um, Indy Hartwell gifted the Garganos a new TV. And Johnny loved it. Johnny. <laughs> All right, we have to talk about it. So there's a TV on the porch with a note from Indy Hartwell. And Gargano goes, who is that geek ever beat? And then, and then he finds out Indy gave her the TV. goes, you know what? I've always liked that girl. <laughs> I then, love this current vision of Johnny. I don't know what the character is, 
It just are they like are they like managers of the homeowners association? I don't know. I just think they're like I don't know. They're just annoying fucking twats, and they're great at it. <laughs> are they just both Karens? I don't. I don't get it. Up next, Tony Storm taking on Aaliyah. We all know how I feel about Aaliyah, so I was very happy when Tony Storm uh, beat her rather quickly. Regal announced that Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez is official for Halloween Havoc. Zia Lee begged for a match next week. William Regal con- said he'd consider it. She said, no, I need a match next week. William Regal said, I'll consider it. <laughs> for some reason, Boa is now with Zia Lee, by the way. Because, of course. Why not? Um, Tony Storm looks like a star. They changed her music, which is kind of sad. But she still has a great look. And, yeah. She's gorgeous. She's tough. She can wrestle. Exactly. You nailed it. Killian Dan and Drake Maverick taking on Imperium. Drake Maverick tries to convince Killian Dane to uh, go along with their uh, team, including the name The Fury and the Furry. And Killian Dane is the furry because he's hairy. You get it? And I guess that makes Maverick the Fury. <laughs> Killian oh, Dane. Oh, I want to hate this. I want to hate this so bad, but I can't. Killian I, Dane. I just really like Drake Maverick. Killian Dane was not happy about this. They come out to their wacky music, which Dane immediately shuts down. Um, Imperium, Imperium got uh, Maverick isolated and eventually beat him. Our boys Everise came down and bullied Maverick until <laughs> Killian Dane destroyed them with a double clothesline. Oh my God, Martel bumped like he did hit by a truck. And Dane says, nobody hits you but me. So we have the WWE special, Strange Bedfellows. They'll be tag team champions by next month. <laughs> the Raw tag team champions by next month. <laughs> You're probably right. In all seriousness, I'm happy they're doing something with Maverick at least, Yeah, though. Dane, too. Yeah, they're both very talented dudes. No one knows why Sanity didn't work, but... Um, Imperium, they're kind of lost without their boy Walter, who's doing his thing over in the UK. Great match with uh, Walter and Wolf. Taking on Dragunov and Pete Dunne. Check it out if you haven't. Great fucking tag match. Brutal. Walter has been waiting to chop people like that for six months, and he, he let it go. Main event time. NXT North American title on the line. Dexter Loomis challenges Damian Priest. Early on, Loomis is clearly creep, creeping Priest out, but eventually Priest overcomes his fear and uh, hits the challenger with some forearms and right hands. Loomis finds momentum. I love a, his offense. Loomis, who? Priest's. I love both their offenses. Loomis fights back with a bulldog and a brilliant spine buster. Um, Eventually, Cameron Grimes. God, this is our dream match, wasn't it? It really was. We had Priest, Loomis, and Grimes. And heel Johnny at the end. (laughs) Um, Cameron Grimes snuck in to attack Loomis. uh, Priest hits the South of Heaven chokeslam for the win. And then Grimes gets a reckoning, and Priest tells him to stay out of his business. Priest celebrates, but Johnny Gargano waffles him in the back with a steel chair. Although, can I say something real quick? Sure. Love the Cameron Grimes Indiana Jones spot. Yeah. Loved it. When yeah. he, he grabbed the hat. Yeah. He's great. He's, he's great. The, he's the best. Going to the moon. In the next Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so, William Regal announces that Gargano and Candice Ray will both get title opportunities, but then... Out comes Shotzi Blackheart, who, of course, is the host of Halloween Havoc for... Reasons, <laughs> and she said something <laughs> that I never thought I would hear again: that the match types would be determined by spin the wheel, make a deal. 
arguably the worst pay-per-view of all time. This is something I would expect from AEW because they love their WCW nostalgia. 1992 in Philly, dude. Let's see what kind of matches were on that. I know there's a coal miner's glove on the wheel. Because of course there is. On the OG wheel. I don't know if it's on the new wheel. They were all just normal matches. (laughs) Listen to this. Eric Watson, Van Hammer defeats the Davidi Vegas and Diamond Dallas Page tag team match. I think only the main event was spin the wheel making. Tom Zank, Johnny Gunn, Shane Douglas defeat Arn Anderson, Michael Hayes, and Bobby Eaton tag team match. That is the most bizarre match I've ever heard. Ricky Steamboat defeats Pillman, singles match. Vader vs. Koloff, singles match for the United States Championship. Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes defeat uh, Dr. Death and uh, Stone Cold. Uh, tag team match for the titles. Rick Rue defeats Masa Chono, defeated Masa, Masahiro Chono by disqualification. Single match for an NWA World Heavy Championship. Ra- <laughs> NWA World Heavyweight Championship with two special guest referees. Who are they? Kenzie Suzuki and Harley Race. <laughs> Ron Simmons defeated the Barbarian, who oh. was managed by Cactus Jack. I'm going to have to go watch this people. And then Sting defeated Jake in a coal miner's glove that match. That was the, the only the main event was spin the coal wheel. Coal miner's glove match. Yeah. And now there's a team, there's a, an entire pay-per-view that has Jake Roberts, possibly Sting, and a coal miner's glove. That's You know what? <laughs> when she said spin the wheel, make a deal, my jaw dropped. Oh, I, can't I believe could it. not believe it. She was not, she was not even born when that pay-per-view happened. Johnny hates wheels too. John, yes. As Shotzi's announcing this, Johnny screams, I hate wheels. Uh, MVP times, better show, better show. I thought both shows weren't good, but yeah, NXT was better sucked. by a mile. But by uh, a mile, NXT was better. I'll also go NXT. AEW was abysmal. AEW MVPs, FTR, they got a good match of the best friends, specifically Chuck Taylor. Cassidy looked good. Um, NXT MVP, I am going to go with. Austin Theory, great showing against Gargano. Overall MVP, the wheel. AEW MVP, I got uh, Cassidy. He looked good. NXT MVP, I looked pre, looked like Priest. He looks more and more like a fucking stud every goddamn week. He, do, he does. I can see and, him main eventing WrestleMania. Yeah. Soon, too. He's got side. Well, fuck, he's 38, so. Yeah. And my overall MVP is Austin Theory because he, if he can stay out of trouble, he's, he's got, he will be. He will hold several big belts. NXT seems so schizophrenic. Like on on, no, on TV this week, no Champa, no Kushida, no pedophile dream. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I guess that's a good thing. Spoil, spoil the riches. Spoil the riches. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, also, we don't know what's going on with Balor. Is he gonna be stripped? Is he not gonna be stripped? I think that's. Ish. I actually think that's like a a fluid situation. Yeah, I think they showed like Jesus highlights of his surgery, Christ and that almighty. was mighty. That, that was, was something I, I didn't did not need to see. Yeah, did not need to see that. That was gross. But yeah. he got him with a knee, right? The, the, yeah, the, knee, the lift, lift. knee lift. Yeah. All right, but that is it for the war report. Let us know who, what, what you think of both shows. Coming up next, we'll talk about the three matches announced for Hell in a Cell at the time of this recording. So, and then we'll get you out of here. Stay tuned for that. Hell in a Cell 2020 will take place Sunday, October 25th at the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida, inside the WWE Thunderdome. So as of this recording, there are currently three announced matches. To be fair, they're the big ones. They are. So let us start with a feud that has been building for over a year. 
Bailey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Sasha Banks inside Hell in a Cell. Who we got? Why? What do you think is going to happen? Tell, spill all the beef. Sasha takes it from her. I think that's kind of what you have to do, isn't it? Yeah. Sasha takes it from her. She's going to use her experience in the only Women's Hell in a Cell match ever. Well, you're wrong. Mm. Sasha's had two Women's Hell in a Cell matches. Oh, Becky and Becky and Becky and Charlotte. Yep. Becky match was awesome. And Becky match was awesome. She's gonna use and she's gonna use that experience. She's gonna beat Bailey, and Bailey's gonna throw an all-time temperature into Michael Cole after, after the match. I would kind of hate that because if you just went through a hell in a cell match and you're throwing a temper tantrum, then Okay, true. True. Very true. I trust these two have a good match. No, oh, yeah, I I trust them. Have I you trust seen them. have you seen their two matches at takeovers? Yeah, they're Best women's match in history promotion. Um, yeah, Bailey's had the title over a year. She's had a hell of a reign. And she's the MVP of, of COVID. But I mm, I think Sasha should win. But I could see them trying to stretch this out even yeah, longer. Yeah, I could. Either way, it's going to be good. Yeah, I so. agree. I'm also going Sasha on the record. Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre taking on Randy Orton. Who you got and why? Drew. You just will not be. Yeah, I've picked Randy the last two pay-per-views. It's going to be the Sonata effect. I'll pick Drew now and Randy will win. Uh, Drew's going to win. <clears throat> Get Randy off it. So who do you think's taking this title from Drew? Lesnar. Really? Well, I don't think there's any Brock to get people back, so. Yeah. There's no justifying to bring him in. Yeah. Because yeah, the, the only reason he's there to get people to watch and be there, so. I'm also going to go Drew, although Randy did assault Legends with night vision goggles. It's a pretty. Viper strike at night, pal. Viper strike at night. Um, Although it is pretty fucking comical to see him busting that door. Slowly. Slowly put them down and then turn the lights With on. all the legends just staring at him. Like, <laughs> don't try to do anything. Like, there's four of you. Just don't fucking jump. Also, them. and one of you is the world's largest asshole. <laughs> did I you think it's the easiest one to find in the dark. Did you hear the problem of like him describing like him assaulting each one of them in the dark? He's like, Shawn Michaels ran for the lights. <laughs> but I hit him in the back with a chair. It's like, what the fuck? Randy's awesome. Randy, Randy gets better is awesome. If anyone else did that, it would not have... No. And it still kind of didn't work, but... Oh, it's hokey as fuck, but it's hysterical. Like, imagine Kushida going in there and trying to sell someone night vision goggles. <laughs> Osprey better watch out! Kushida's on a roll for sexual predators. Gotta go back in time. <laughs> oh, my God. Do who who. All right, go ahead. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll take Drew as well. And then the third and final match... Well, it looks like we're going three for three here. Because we're both obviously picking Jey Uso. And I quit match inside of Hell in a Cell for reasons. For the Universal Championship of the World. Roman Reigns defends against Jey Uso. Is this finally where he sends him to the Samoan gods and we see the end of Jey Uso until Jimmy comes back? Yeah, he's going to kill him. And they turn heel and form a group with Roman. Yeah, he's going to kill him. He's going to absolutely kill him. Yeah. Jey Uso might get zero offense in. And I'm okay with that. I don't know how I feel about this match we made. Like, I love the Clash of Champions match. We talked about how much yeah. we love them. But I feel like that was the perfect, like, you know, one-match feud. If you want to do Jey Uso again, like, build him up a little more. For, because, like, yeah, Jey Uso got a couple near falls. But in storyline, what did he do to deserve a rematch? He literally got pounded on until his brother threw the towel in. He never gave up. That's I think it's, that's what it is. John Cena never gave up. So what the fuck's he doing? That's why they're having. That's why they're Jesus. That's why they're having an I quit match. Well, I, I get. I get why it's an I it's quit. It's fine. Match. It'll be fine. I trust both people involved. But yeah, I, it'll be a good match. I'd be perfectly okay with Roman Reigns just throwing him in the cage and just beating the shit out of him for fifteen minutes. Yeah, and who knows? Because I'm assuming that will not be the main event. So no, it probably will. 
I Quit match inside of Hell in a Cell cannot go on in the middle of the show. It's it's two of like the most deadly match stipulations in one match. Well, I think one of them is going to open, one of them is going to close. Well, there's three of them. I mean, one of the two main titles. I think I think Bailey and Sasha would probably open. Mm, probably. Okay. We'll see, I guess. I don't know how many other matches are going to be. Yeah, we don't... Because that match could be an hour long. Yeah. That match, that match could be an hour. I don't know. I just don't see how you could, like... What can follow an I Quit match inside of Hell in a Cell? An ambulance match inside of Hell in a Cell? That would be quite something. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Scale 1 to 10, what's your excitement level for this pay-per-view? Nope. Orton, okay, I know it's going to happen. Okay. Orton, Orton and McIntyre are going to go last, last. Why? The Legends are going to get revenge again? What? Drew's going to win. And then the red light. Oh, Fiend? Yeah. That'd be an awful move. <laughs> he's just, Fiend's just, he's going to be there with the giant hammer. <laughs> I if the Fiend isn't winning the title, which I don't think he is, keep him the fuck away from it. I can't think of a worse They're move. not going to, though. They shouldn't. That's good. Yeah. No, they're not going to keep away from him. Oh. Well, no. They, 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 I agree with you 100%. But, like, uh, unless he's going to win the title, keep him away from excitement it. Excitement level. It'll be good. That's my excitement level. It's hard to get excited about anything anymore. <laughs> Boy, isn't that the fucking truth. But that's it. I hope you enjoyed our show as much as we did. Talking about Sonata and, and AEW and Cameron Grimes. And not talking about Sean Spears. And not talking about you Sean put, Spears. You put the kibosh on that one. Deviantly talking about Sean Spears. Sorry, Sean, we'll get you to you next week. <laughs> no, he won't. No, he won't at all. And we're going to cut him next week, too. Fuck him. <laughs> Is he here? Maybe. Fuck him. Uh, but, all right. Well, we, we will get out of your hair. I'll come, up, I'll come back to you in a minute and talk to you about who you need to follow. We'll see you in a minute. Thank you once again for listening to Champions Advantage Podcast. You can find us at Champions Pod on Twitter. And we're here every Tuesday, occasionally a Friday, but we will get there eventually. On Mondays, we have at Kuda underscore Junior. That is the David Allen Cove, the DMV. He will he will give you everything on CBS Sports Baltimore Radio and a podcast soon to follow. On Wednesdays, at Bearded Chris P, he gives you all everything you need to know. And follow him on Twitter, at Bearded Chris P. Follow at X and at Ron underscore Musto underscore Junior. And follow the entire network at TT underscore 4Hugh. Thank you.